Hey, people of the sea, Tommy here from Always Be Book. Thanks for tuning in. Before we started the show, I wanted to give a little quick synopsis of this one. Uh, this week, we have some cruise news, as usual, regarding Cuba, also regarding some finances for the big three cruise lines, and uh, we'll talk about the week a little bit, the weekend, so I got a couple of wacky stories, nothing crazy this week, but uh, well, a little crazy, but you uh, decide for yourself. Also, though, this week, we are lucky enough to have Emma from Emma Cruises on Instagram, and she has a blog slash website called cruisingisn'tjustforoldpeople.co.uk. We get into it a little bit. She is uh, from the UK, and we have a cool little back and forth for a little while regarding the differences of you know cruising here versus cruising there, and uh, she gets into why, and again, guys, cruising isn't just for old people. We all know the stigma it has. It's not for anybody to take offense to it or anything like that. It's just, uh, I guess, a way for us to kind of let people know who aren't, you know, in that senior citizen demographic that it's okay for you to cruise too. Emma is 23. She's very, very well traveled. She's been on many cruises. And once again, her blog and her Instagram are must follows. And uh, that's about it, guys. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. But it can buy me a boat. There's a place where the boat is from. Listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising top of the show as usual we will ask you please to follow me on instagram guys are you following me on instagram don't you think you should be always be booked or abb cruising same thing on facebook we have a fan page always be booked and youtube if you want to get a kick out of some of the videos i have up there on some of the past cruises some montages some quick little hitters some nonsense as well you can find me on YouTube, always be booked on YouTube. Uh, importantly, email me. Please email me. I want the feedback. I want you guys to make the corrections on what I'm saying when I don't know what I'm talking about. I want you guys to you know, keep the support coming because that really keeps me going. I want you guys to give me whatever you want to any whatever topic that maybe I haven't covered that you want me to cover. Uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Once again, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And most importantly... Please continue to download, listen, rate, review, and share the show on either iTunes or Stitcher, whatever you prefer. All right, into the show quick. Uh, So, got a little info for you that I haven't shared with you guys yet. Uh, A few months ago, this is interesting, I actually put in an application and put my resume in to be a personal vacation planner for Carnival Cruise Lines. I don't know. I probably was having like a bad day at work or something. Probably you know, It happens here and there. My job is fun. Let me tell you something. But at the end of the day, it's constant babysitting. It's a drinking environment, which, you know, can be taxing. 
for multiple reasons. Uh, and, and a lot of times, you're just a prisoner. You're a prisoner to it all week. But most importantly, forget about it. Your weekends aren't your own. I do have a little bit of – I'm a little fortunate in that I can sneak away here and there when I want to. But in general, I'm pretty much loaded up to be working six days a week. I get to Sunday. I don't really mess with my Sundays. But Saturday, uh, Friday, you know, forget about it. When you're there till 4 a.m. on a Friday night, or I'm sorry, a Saturday night, what kind of Sunday do you think you're going to have? Anyway, digressing. Still love it. Uh, It's a great gig if you're in your 20s, your 30s. As you get older, you start to develop a desire for less, I don't know, chaos in your everyday workday because i mean just again the stories just don't stop coming it's also probably the reason i still live my life like a 20 25 year old uh at the uh age i am now but i don't know for whatever reason i decided to kind of hop online and, and and check out see what was out there regarding cruising and that's what came up i had never heard back from them weirdly enough until a couple of weeks ago so this is what happened with that. They called me up and they told me they had a, they had, that I had applied and they had my resume. They had my application, and uh, I was surprised to hear from them. So naturally, I'm just trying to you know keep the options open. So I'm putting my best foot forward, and they actually had me do a pitch over the phone, just a cold sales pitch. I'm supposed to be selling cruises over the phone. They had me do a pitch, and uh, <laughs> that was off the cuff and that threw me off. But apparently, I did okay. So she invited me into the office. Now, I'm in Orlando. As you guys know, this office is in Miramar, which is, I guess, a little bit west of Fort Lauderdale uh, and sort of between Fort Lauderdale and Miami and that kind of like equal, equal, I guess, um, I, I guess sort of like near Hollywood, but a little bit inward. So they invited me to the office. So I went, I interviewed. So this interview went terrible, in my opinion. You got to remember, I mean, I haven't gone on a job interview in 15 years. <laughs> this is hysterical. I, I was finding myself, I'm in a suit, you know, I, I actually had a friend from Fort Lauderdale. She was up uh, the night before and we were, you know, hanging around Universal City Walk and stuff like that and she stayed over and uh, cool, like it was really cool. It just happened to happen. Was, she she actually was able to drive me. I was planning on either driving or maybe taking a, a, a one of those Florida shuttles I often take. But she was up here, so it was great. She drove me because she was going that way anyway the following morning. I'm in a suit. I got my resume. I mean this is ridiculous stuff. I haven't done this stuff, and I'm talking 15 years I haven't gone on a job interview. So it was annoying to me, but I could not get that like nervous energy out of me. Just, just really bothered me. Why the hell am I nervous? You're not even probably taking this job anyway, but why are you nervous? So I just was. I'm in the, the, the mecca of Carnival. It's like call center central. Uh, first, what they do is when you get there, you fill out a little bit, little thing on your contact info, and then they give you a headset. So you get your headset, and you listen to like a seasoned vacation planner uh, for about 20 minutes, and you just listen to what they do. Then after that, they take you and you go into a room and there's actually a few other candidates in there with you and they grill you pretty good. I was actually surprised. The guy was a great interviewer and he didn't throw up softballs. He's asking questions and then I would give my answers and then he would ask follow-up questions and literally almost quizzing you on stuff like what's the most important part of sales and he gives you like four different areas of sales and which is the most important. You don't know if you got the freaking answer right or wrong or whatever, but 
I got to be honest. I didn't think I did great because of the fact that I was in there with the people I was. You're always up against your competition. You compare yourself to your competition no matter what you're doing. But there was like a bunch of people in there. And like obviously if it's you know a bar restaurant, I'm going to be the most qualified guy in the room. But I'm in there with call center people. These are people who are asking the right questions. What system do you use? How do you disposition? What are the leads? Are they hot leads? These are questions I'm not necessarily – uh, you know, having not really a call center background, I don't necessarily uh, know these questions to even ask, and it's not necessarily having a lot to do with the details of my current day to day. I mean, I was glad I went, but it was a combo of feeling like I wasn't interviewing well, and the job is such a 180 degree turn from what I do now that I probably wouldn't take it anyway. So. <laughs> This is where it gets weird. The interviewer continues to go on, and he's kind of giving a – it's a mix of him asking us questions, but also as a, at any interview, you're giving information about the place as well. So he said something to the effect of how guests should know they will have they will have a great experience and be treated to the same amazing experience on any of our 24 ships. And then it clicked in my mind when I heard him say that, 24 ships. I'm like, should I just – I'm like, screw it. You know I can't help myself. So I had to step up and be like, sir, sir, uh, you mean 26 ships? And (laughs) the room just looked at me. Everybody looked at me like, what the hell is this guy doing? So I was like, now there always comes a point whether we're out, whether things are going wrong. I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm just like, I'm going to entertain myself. And that's kind of like, I think what I was doing. He had no idea what to make of that. He continued, like, he started arguing with me. He's like, we, he's like, no, we have 24 ships. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, and I don't know if he actually knew or he just realized he couldn't, like, allow me to allow him to be corrected. So he just sticking with the 24 ship thing. And I'm go, we're going back and forth. And yeah, it was beyond awkward. So I'm like, listen, buddy, let's move on. But you got 25 ships right now. You're currently taking bookings for the horizon. So you have – technically you have 26 ships that for the purposes of being in a call center and selling cruises, you have 26 ships that you're trying to sell. And uh, he smiled one more time and told me I was mistaken one more time and then began to move on and started talking about something else. So I just interrupted one more time and I was like, all right, but you know, go go check after this. <laughs> Like after this, go check on how many ships you have, and uh, let's just say if you're wrong, you owe me a job. And that was good natured. I was kidding around, but it was definitely kind of weird. Uh, interestingly enough, I'll talk about Daytona in a second. But I was in Daytona, and I got a call in the morning, and this was a couple of weeks ago. They said I'd hear back in five days, so I already said that I I, I already figured I I didn't get it, and it was just kind of like a funny, cool experience to go down there. But uh, they called me yesterday. I'm in Daytona, and they offered me the position. <laughs> Of, per, of personal vacation planner, and uh, I could start June 5th, and I was like, well, you know, that's kind of quick, and they said, well, we're doing another uh, hiring, you know, they kind of, I guess, hiring groups, so they're doing another hiring in June, uh, July 28th, and uh, I don't know, I don't know, I guess I'll give it some thought, like I said, it's just kind of attractive to be able to, like, take your weekends back and be able to work a regular kind of nine-to-five quote-unquote job rather than the chaos that I'm living in right now, but what will you guys do, right? I don't think the stories I give you will be the same, right? You know, you won't get the same kind of drunken mayhem stories (laughs) Stories now would be like, hey, so yeah, you can never guess. I was on the way to the water cooler and uh, Joey, uh, you know, his tie was crooked and uh, we were all looking at his stuff. It'll, it'll be a little bit different. So we'll see. I, again, right now, my gut will tell me I probably won't take this job because 
I really want to focus on Always Be Booked. Like I said, I really want to get the travel uh, sales end of it going. I do have some other opportunities and some interesting stuff at the current job that I am going to share with you in the next coming weeks. So we'll, we will see. Um, you never know. All right. So this weekend, Sunday particularly, I went to Daytona Beach. I was like, screw it. Late night, Saturday night, I was like, you know what? What am I going to do tomorrow? Let me just go to Daytona. Let's just take a little trip. That's the beauty of living in Florida. I'm telling you guys, I don't know why everybody doesn't live here. I know it gets a bad rap. I know about, you know, it gets the kind of reputation of being a wacky. It is. It's a wacky place. And there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on here on a a day-to-day basis. But uh, the beauty of Florida is that in any direction, especially if you live in centrally like Orlando, a couple of hours in any direction is a legitimate vacation destination, a new one that you can go to. And I'm going to tell you something. You guys keep sleeping on Daytona. Feel free. This place is great. I'm telling you right now, it, I, I get it. It has that little bit of a uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, a redneck reputation or whatever. Daytona is beautiful. And what I like about Daytona is that it's not Fort Lauderdale. It's not South Beach, which you guys know I love Fort Lauderdale. I love Miami. I love all that stuff. But when you go to Daytona, let's just put it like this. South Beach or Fort Lauderdale is like Six Flags. Daytona is Coney Island. You know what I'm saying? Like Daytona is still a little bit of a throwback to where you you see some you're gonna see some weird stuff. It's like almost like Venice. You know what I mean? You're gonna see some wacky stuff on the on the beach. There's gonna be some shady characters walking around. You know, it's not overrun by corporate America. Well, it is. I mean, it is, but to the degree of you know some of these other places, it's not uh, on the boardwalk. You just you just see some fun stuff. You can. You can get away with some wackier stuff in Daytona. It's a little more seedy and a little bit more charming of a town than some of these uh, other streamlined vacation destinations. But anyway, it's nostalgic to me too because back when I was uh, – it was funny, 19, my dad took us on our first – we used to go to Montauk. We didn't necessarily grow up with like you know a whole bunch of money to be traveling around the world when I grew up. So we would always go to Montauk on Long Island, Montauk Points near the Hamptons. Uh, <clears throat> But, you know, not the not the rich part, just a nice little Long Island vacation destination. But uh, one year when I was 19, took us to Orlando-Daytona combo. So we spent the first four nights in Orlando, which was a nice time. And then he's like, oh, now we're going to Daytona Beach. My dad, you know, grew up in the 60s or whatever. So he's <laughs> he's like, let's go to Daytona Beach. Now, it was the week before Easter. Can you imagine what's going on in Daytona Beach in the last week of March? <laughs> In, what year was it? 1994. So my sister is like 12. My brother's like nine, and we're in a we're in a car with my dad, driving to Daytona Beach. We get to the Holiday Inn Daytona, and we're checking in as a family. Not only are we the only family there. We get there, and there's an army of spring break kids on the pool deck doing beer bong funnels from, like, the third floor onto the pool deck. People were jumping off the balcony, into the off their balcony, into the pool. It was absolute mayhem. These elevator rides were hysterical. It would be a family of four <laughs> and just another group of, like, six out-of-control drunk kids on every elevator ride. I'm 19, so 
I'm not far off of it. I'm kind of in that college mode. Uh, and uh, I was like, man, I'm just like a little solo here. I got nobody, nobody. It's just me and my family. So I was kind of like torn in different different spots. But I actually got into it a little bit. We had some fun. But it was just funny to see uh, my dad thinking he was taking us on a nice family vacation and then takes us into uh, dead center spring break ground zero headquarters. And uh, it was it was a pretty, pretty fun, funny thing to see. So. I'm there. I got the Hilton, the Hilton Beachfront or Beach Walk or whatever it was. Resort, very, very nice. And that's the beauty of Daytona, too. Could still get it for a decent price. Hotel like that in, uh, in, in, in Fort Lauderdale would have been you know close to 300 bucks. Got this one for 130 bucks. hung out, unpacked, and I uh, walked along the boardwalk. Now, there's a lot of cool places to eat and drink and stuff like that. I went to Sloppy Joe's. I went to the Wing House. Uh, I went to a few different places, and it really, really, it was very, very relaxing. Went to the beach for a little while. Went in the war. Went in the ocean for a little while. Awesome. It was really cool. But then, having a couple of drinks, so I know that Derek Jeter's retirement, the, the Jersey retirement is going to go on, so I just find the bar. And this is a nice bar in the Hilton. As far as a beach bar, you guys know that. Beach bars, eh, I'm mean, sorry, beach hotels aren't always the most pristine, clean. This was a very, very nice hotel for being on a beach. But in this room, it was like a, you know, not a formal room, but it was a very, very nice marble bar, uh, expensive furniture. You know, the bartender was in a button down and a tie. So it was a nice, semi classy, you know, hotel bar. So I'm sitting in there and uh, <clears throat> I'm watching the end of the Golden State and um, San Antonio game. Bartender was from Jersey. He's like, of course I'm putting on the Jeter ceremony. So Derek Jeter's number was going to be retired at Yankee Stadium. So we're going to watch that now. So we're watching that. I'm on my maybe third or fourth uh, 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 Grey Goose and Soda. There are a couple other people at the bar. Then in walk in, these two girls, I mean the Hot Mess Express when you talk about the surroundings that we were in as far as it being like a nicer bar and these girls coming in in bikinis and this was – if you want to give a, a, a little bit of a, uh, I guess, synopsis of what Daytona girls might, might be and the reputation that they have. I'm not saying the reputation is accurate and I'm sure there's a lot of classy girls in Daytona. Did I just say that? I mean, there probably is. Come on, let's let's give people benefits of the doubt. But these girls walked in, and they were getting shots, complaining about every price, screaming, complaining about the amount of alcohol that was in the drinks, swearing that they're not paying for these two drinks because there wasn't enough alcohol in them. Then they'd go back to each other. They would forget they had that conversation with the bartender and then tell him how he's the greatest bartender they've ever seen. The manager comes in. They start telling the manager, if you guys fire him, we're going to fight you. And the manager is in a suit, and he's just like, oh, oh, thank you, for ladies. Thank you for the for the positive feedback. And they're just, I mean, like literally arguing with each other. And then they start talking about the boyfriends. And he's got daddy issues. And if he thinks that I'm going to sit around and wait for him to figure out his daddy issues, and meanwhile, I'm not lacing it with the profanity that they were lacing it with, and it was just Talk about not knowing your surroundings. Talk about having no issues with <laughs> exemplifying your stereotype in Daytona. We just got a full, full view of it. And the bartender's looking at me and the other guys at the bar are like, man, all right, so we got some entertainment here. But they were just putting on a show. Then they would yell at the bartender again. We want another drink. We get 20% at Wing House. Who are you to charge me 
twelve dollars for a for a vodka. And then the bartender kind of had enough. He was like, "Ladies, ladies, you're at the Hilton. Go to the Wing House if you want to." I get twenty percent at the Wing House. I will. So they're fighting, and then out of nowhere, the girl starts hysterically crying, hysterically. And then the other one's hugging her. It's gonna be okay, sweetie. And then you just hear the girl cry and scream out, "Why does he hit me? Why does he hit me? I don't get it. He hits me." And and then. She stops crying two seconds later to talk to the bartender again. And then out of nowhere, she takes both fists and starts pounding her fists and arms on the bar to where I'm like, okay, this is to the point where you're going to have to get this girl removed because it's not a stable situation. Obviously, it's a 110-pound girl. It's not a threat or anything, but she's going to break something or whatever. So then bartender's showing a lot of patience, I guess, whatever. So... (laughs) She keeps flipping out, flipping out, having a, and then she gets another hug from a friend, crying again, and then looks at her wrist, and I looked at it too, and she's like, I think I hurt myself. I look at her wrist, it is three times the size of what it should be, and it was black. She starts crying again now, but crying because she pretty clearly, severely sprained or maybe even broke her wrist by pounding on it. She's used to these beach bars probably with the wood that she can – this was like a marble bar and she probably broke her wrist right in front of us. So the bartender was very, very nice. He wrapped up some ice and put it in a bag and gave it to her and now she's icing her wrist down and continuing to cry and uh, – I don't know if she was crying because of the pain now. Now she realized she hurt her wrist or the boyfriend, whatever. I don't know. Sad story, but I'm again, again, stuff that, you know, I don't, it's hard because I don't make this stuff up. You can't really make that type of thing up. And, you know, if I was going to make something up, it would be a hell of a lot crazier. But it was just, you're just sitting there watching this stuff. And I immediately started thinking of you guys. I'm like, man, this is good. This will be the story for the week, but uh, hopefully she's okay, and hopefully she gets out of that crazy relationship where the guy hits her. Not cool. Not cool at all, and, um, you know, again, again, it's a funny little story, but then at the end of the day, it's, you know, you do kind of wake up and hope a girl like that finds her way. Seriously. All right, let's get into some cruise news. Royal Caribbean announced that Empress of the Seas will sail out of Tampa on short cruises to Cuba from January 2018 all the way through March of 2019. They got a total of 58 sailings booked and uh, more possibly being added. This is a clear sign of pride for the Port of Tampa and kind of makes them, you know, you don't hear a lot about Tampa. They do have, you know, it's a very bustling port, uh, Port Tampa Bay, but... You don't hear a lot about it. This kind of gives them some headlines, some relevancy. Uh, These will be a combination of alternating four- and five-night sailings that will also hit popular ports such as Cozumel, Key West, and Costa Maya. And a lot of these sailings are going to be overnights in Havana. Now, that's what I always wanted to do. See, Cuba, like I said, we talked about whether or not Cuba is is all it's cracked up to be or not. But I still do want to go to Cuba and check out Cuba Cuba and, and all it has to offer. But... Another thing on my cruise bucket list as well is to do an overnight. However, you have to have some self-awareness. And if I went on a cruise that was overnighting in Havana, Cuba, with some of the guys that I cruise with or girls that I cruise with, uh, I don't know. I may have to exercise some self-discipline and just not do that because I have enough of trouble making the ship 
when I'm uh, running back from St. Thomas or San Juan, let alone if you allowed us to kind of run free in Havana for a full night. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I can't guarantee that that wouldn't end in complete disaster. But, again, listen, you live once, right? You got to try it. Anyway, Michael Bailey, who is the president and CEO of Royal Caribbean, says, Since arriving in Cuba for the first time last month, we've seen the excitement of our guests when sailing into Havana and the passion they have for the city at Sailaway. Its people, its architecture, its food, its music. This is the enthusiasm we strive to bring to the adventure seekers who vacation with us. And that is, once again, like I said, the CEO of Royal Caribbean, Michael Bailey. So cool. That's cool. Cool for the Empress of the Seas, cool for Royal Caribbean, and great for the Port of Tampa that bunch of sailings, bunch of sailings are going to continue to go to Cuba overnight out of that beautiful port. All right, so let's talk a little bit of finances for the big three through the first quarter of 2017. I'm not going to spend a lot on this. For some of you, this is completely boring. For some of you, this is really, really fascinating. Total revenue. So what the big three actually just took in top line Total revenue in sales for quarter one. Carnival, $3.8 billion. Royal Caribbean, $2.0 billion. And Norwegian, $1.2 billion. The net income. So that is what the pro- that's pretty much the profits of uh, what they made off of that. Obviously, you have a lot of expenses, t- tons of expenses. But what they made in, what, what, what the company actually made was $352 million for Carnival. Two hundred and fifteen million for Royal Caribbean and sixty-two million, just sixty-two million for Norwegian. I got a couple of points, uh, a couple of shares of uh, Norwegian. Hopefully, uh, they pick it up a little bit. Let's go, guys! Come on, we got to make some money. We got to eat. We got to make some. We got to go. We got to take some more cruises. All right. So net revenue per passenger per day. So this is what uh, the cruise lines should expect to make on average. Uh, not make, but take in from each passenger per day on average. If you were on Carnival, uh, average guest, you know, and this is everything included: hotel, you're talking food, you're talking, uh, you know, upcharges, shore excursions, one hundred and forty-seven, um, one hundred and forty-seven dollars and forty-three cents a day average for Carnival. For um, for Royal Caribbean, $159.88. And here we go. Norwegian back in the game, $209.89. So that's uh kind of goes in direct uh opposite order when it when you factor in what they may what they get off the passengers per day on average. Uh operating income per passenger. So then you take the expenses out and you do the same thing. Seven seventeen dollars and fifty six cents for Carnival, twenty-eight dollars and seven cents for uh uh, Royal Caribbean and $28.30 for Norwegian. What that tells you is Norwegian and Carnival, Royal Caribbean operates the most efficiently in that regard because of the $159.88 they get, they keep the largest percentage of that, which is $28.07. Uh, Norwegian does a little bit better than Carnival, but Carnival, as you see, they uh, only get $17.56 profit from every person every day and what does that tell you that tells you that they're just putting more into it you know what i mean and carnival you can get away with having ten dollars less per person because you're still making more money because with carnival it's a numbers game you're doing it by volume you have so many ships you have so much going on that uh you know you can live with the 17 dollars and 56 cents because you're going to make it uh you know 
by sheer volume of people that are on the ship. All right, moving on, let's talk a little Australia. I know we do have a decent following in Australia, so big shout-out to everybody listening uh, from down under. And uh, those cruisers down there might be happy to learn that P&O is loosening up the reins a little bit and offering two new casual eateries aboard its newest ship, the Pacific Explorer. The first is a poolside grilled called Luke's. That was done in partnership with the acclaimed chef and restaurateur Luke Mangan. Um, just a simple poolside drill, uh, drill, grill, probably comparable to Guy's Burger Joint, Johnny Rockets, a level up from the standard burger joints and hot dog joints that they have uh, kind of like usually on the Lido decks for the last however many years. But um, it's going to be pretty popular. This guy has Luke Mangan is a pretty pretty big name there apparently. So uh, that should draw some people to that. To the and that's the newest ship too, the Pacific Explorer. Uh, from what I hear, is a beautiful ship. And uh, sounds like it got a little better. The second option, casual option, is uh, called is a pizzeria called the Four Hundred Grady. Um, it's overseen by Johnny De Francesco. Uh, it'll have over a dozen different varieties of gourmet pizza. If I were ever to sail P and O out of Australia, I can certainly tell you this is probably where I would be. Twelve different types of pizzas, man. Forget it. I don't know. They don't mention in this article whether or not the. Um, these are upcharges or free. I'm assuming they're free. They're on the Lido deck, right? You're not paying a charge if you're getting any food on the Lido deck is probably free. But if you're going to tell me I can get 12 different types of pizzas, uh, I wouldn't need a full six-day sailing to uh, seven-day sailing to have tried all that. I can get that done in four. Easy. Um, Sorry, so Johnny DeFrancesco is the guy behind this. He was the first ever Australian to be trained in Naples to the, okay, so this is apparently some sort of pizza governing body, the Associazione Verace Pizza Napolitana, uh, VPN rules. So the association, the Associazione, <laughs> I'm just trying to self-translate, Verace Pizza Napolitana VPN rules. So there are rules. I don't know what those rules are. And in 2014, he won, get this, this is a pretty grandiose title, congratulations, he won Best Pizza in the World. <laughs> Damn, I don't know how you get to that answer, but this is apparently he's the best pizza in the world, which I might add uh, would also make his pizza the best pizza in the universe by default, right? Does that make sense? All right, so like we said in the beginning, that's going to be it for the news. I wanted to uh, make an introduction to Emma. Emma, we were lucky enough to have Emma from Emma Cruises from uh, Cruising Isn't Just for Old People. .co.uk. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, everybody who may be uh, older, like myself, cruising isn't just for old people. Keep this in mind before we start getting offended by freaking you know what we call old people because I mentioned that email I got about. You know the Serenity deck being like sixty and over this and that. Let's 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 everybody stay calm, okay? This is Emma's twenty three years old. She has a really really good blog, so informative. She's very very well traveled. She's been cruising all her life with her family, and now she's an adult and and she experiences cruises through those eyes. But she's twenty three years old, and to me, we as people who are a little bit older than Emma, some older than me, so various different ages. This is not necessarily 
take offense to that. Cruising isn't just for old people. It's not. And what she's trying to do is not saying I is not saying I don't want to cruise with old people. That's not what she's saying whatsoever. What she's saying is that there is a stigma, and none of us can deny out there that there is a stigma to cruising, and it has been. And I think it's getting better. But for a long time, people were saying it's the nearly fed. Uh, I'm sorry, the overfed, newlywed, and nearly dead. We didn't make this up. I didn't make that up. I definitely wish I made that up. That was clever as hell. What is it? Overfed, newlywed, and nearly dead. It's funny. You know what I mean? But what Emma is trying to do with the you know title of the website, the blog, and you know the, the Instagram and everything is she's trying to create awareness for younger people that you can have an absolute blast on a cruise no matter what age you are and that's the point of it and we had a great interview it's a great conversation with emma emma once again thank you so much for being on and uh without further ado here is my interview with emma And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Always be booked. We have a special guest today. We have Emma. Emma, say hi. Hey, yeah. Hey, Emma. So Emma is uh, from a website that she started. It's called uh, Cruising Isn't Just for Old People. Co.uk. And uh, what Emma tries to seem to bring to the table is a lot of the misconceptions about cruising. What I like to do first and foremost with people when I have them on the show is ask them basically your story about how you kind of fell in love with cruising. What is it about cruising that made you fall in love with that form of travel? I've been cruising since I was 11, actually. So I'm, I was a cruising child, a cruising teenager, and I'm cruising in my 20s. So I'm very lucky. I don't think I would have considered cruising maybe if my parents hadn't taken me when I was so young. But I don't think there's any other kind of holiday where you can unpack once and wake up in a different country every day. That's what I love so much about cruising. Although sometimes I don't even want to get off the ship because there's so much to do. I forget that we have to go to places. I love the food. I love the drinks. I love going to the theater. I love the water slides, go-karts, all that kind of stuff. Makes perfect sense. And it's amazing, too, uh, I didn't think of having those you know three different types of perspectives on cruising and eventually god forbid one day you are gonna we are gonna be old and you are gonna have the uh, elderly ver- cruising version of emma so you're gonna get a bunch of perspectives along the way it's kind of interesting to change my blog name if i get old but we'll think <laughs> about that emma there's no, i'm sorry to tell you this but there's no if it's uh it's when <laughs> I know I don't want to think about it either, but you know. All right, so your website seems to try to pretty much unapologetically convince a younger demographic that cruising, like you say, isn't just for old people. Why yeah. do you think? Why do you think cruising got that reputation? I think people think about films like Titanic. They think they've got to dress up for dinner, sit with strange people, and make polite conversation, which is just not true. You don't have to do that. There are cruise lines where you can learn to ballroom dance, but that that's not. That's not the norm anymore. I agree 100%, especially with the newer ships that are coming out. Cruising, and I would say, and, and you could you could speak to this probably better than me because you've been cruising through kind of different chapters of your life. In the last like five to seven years, I feel like it's pretty much drastically changed as far as the stuff that's available on board. Would you agree? Yeah, I think there's just so much competition. Everyone's trying to get something better than the next person. I see the... Um, go-karts on the norwegian joy that's so cool full proper go-karting track on a cruise ship that's mad 
It's out of control. I mean, it's like if you can think, it's like there's a, it's almost like there's a group of people in a room thinking about like stuff. Like when do they go too far? Like you can skydive on cruise ships now. There's bumper cars. There's go karts. It's out of control. Ah, so crazy. Yeah. What What are some of the main things you want to communicate so people of and, and Emma? Do you mind? I know it's not not necessarily looked at as polite, but what would you tell tell the audience your age? Yeah, I'm 23. So as a 23 year old, by the way, where are you from? South of England. Okay. Around here in the States, especially Florida, where I am right now, it does have that same kind of stigma to it as far as like for old people. However, there is another side of it, too. I mean, I've seen some of the wackiest, wildest spring break cruises go on, too. So young people around here, uh, a lot of times they know like three, four days spring break cruise out of Fort Lauderdale or Miami. There's no stranger to that. But yes, even here too, it does. And in the past has had that kind of like stigma where it's like just for the elderly, uh, you know, the twilight of your life type of situation. Well, what would you say to some of the people in your age demographic to convince them that they should give cruising a try? Well, um, you don't have to dress up for dinner if you don't want to. You don't have to sit with other people. You, you don't have to learn to dance, although I've done some like moonwalking lessons and things like that, but not you don't have to learn to ballroom dance. I think people don't understand how huge cruise ships are unless you've been on a cruise ship with you can have six, seven thousand people on a ship now. Like trying to imagine that when you've never been on a cruise ship is just mad. I think people have just got to get on board. Like it's a city. You're not gonna be bored. I have people say to me like, Oh, I don't wanna be stuck on a ship. Stuck on a ship like it's just mad for me because some towns have less people than cruise ships. Uh, I agree, and I use the term like stuck on a ship. Like you're stuck on a you're stuck on a vehicle that's that's the size of three football fields, and it's built to entertain you around every corner. And it's pretty much already everything's paid for. So you just you don't have to rent a car, you don't have to go to the drugstore, you don't have to make you know dinner reservations, you don't have to pay a the $50 cover charge to get into a club or buy bottles. What could possibly be wrong with being stuck on this thing? People my age seem to want to visit, like, for me in Europe, it's so easy to visit six or seven countries in a week on a cruise. And people want to go to different countries, but they don't think, they don't think, like, it's just crazy. 100% right. Let me ask you this, what, uh, just quick synopsis, what what cruise lines have you sailed on and uh, what parts of the world have you experienced via cruising? I have mostly cruised on NCL. I think I've done 11 with them. I've been on Cunard last year and MSC. As far as the world goes, it's quite a, quite a list. I've done in Europe, I've done a Baltic cruise, a couple of Mediterraneans, some Canary Islands, some Northern Europe, Greek Islands. Uh, over your way, I've done a cruise out of New York to Bermuda. I've done Bahamas cruise and a West Caribbean, Caribbean, as you guys say. <laughs> I've done, I've done, I think, quite a lot of the world. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's like, uh, actually you've covered some ground. Yeah. I always ask people this: Would you ever consider? Would you ever consider doing a world cruise? I don't know if I'd want. I'd want to do a cruise around the world, but I think I'd want to change ship every couple of weeks. Maybe do like a few weeks on land and a few weeks on a cruise. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So built like almost like creating your own cruise around the world type of situation. What I do like about your site, Emma, is that you often go rogue. There's a lot of info out there that tells you ways you can save money when you go on cruises. There's advice, and it always seems like it's almost kind of like from the industry. They're looking to steer you in a certain way. It may or may not be beneficial to the cruise line uh, as, as much as it is to the actual guest. You know, they'll tell you to book early. They'll tell you, oh, you got to buy the travel insurance. Now, I'm not saying you don't do that type of stuff, but it just seems a lot of way. It's coming from the point of view of, you know, the industry itself. You mentioned that it's not always best to book cruises and excursions directly with the cruise lines. 
Uh, would you be able to talk a little bit more about the experiences you've had booking with maybe some third-party options? Yeah, well, I think for me, for other young people, price is really important when I book a cruise. Like, I, I think we don't have a lot of money, but I don't think I've ever booked through a cruise line directly. I've booked cruises on a cruise ship when you can buy, sometimes you can buy a deposit like voucher for your next cruise for less money. I've done that. But I've always taken that to like a third party. On my last cruise, there was uh, there are representatives from, I don't know if you have them, but they're called Cruise First in the UK. And yeah, been, there's a few, like uh, crew, uh, in the general travel sites too, like Expedia and like Priceline.com. Yeah. I think on that week cruise, I saved about £600 just by not booking through NCL. So <laughs> sorry, NCL, but it's not always best to book through the cruise line, not at all. And to be honest with you, I'm sure NCL is not necessarily having, uh, you know, they're happy to have anybody on the ship. They're looking to fill the room, so I'm sure they don't have a problem with it either, which is why they tell you to, you know, feel free to book through travel agents as well. But that's that's crazy. I didn't realize uh, that there was that much of a savings out there. You would, I, I actually have never not booked through the cruise uh, the cruise line directly, so uh, I will actually be looking into that as well. And you say the, the site you used was what again? It was cruisefirst.co.uk. Yeah, for me, it's the way I combined offers. So I, I went to NCL to get a like a Cruise Next certificate, which I bought for, I think, $150 gave me $250 off my next cruise. And then I went to Cruise First, and they can accept these vouchers from NCL. And their price was so much better than NCL, so I saved money there again. But I still get the perks from NCL, so I got like a free drinks package and things. So I think you've just got to... You've just got to look around and try and build up as much like savings as you can. That's amazing, absolutely. And then you're saying a similar type of a situation with the excursions too. You don't you don't typically book directly with the cruise line with excursions either. No, I think it depends where you're cruising. Because for me, I mostly cruise around Europe, and it's really easy to get on a train, go and like do a walking tour or something of a city. But if you're in the Caribbean, I think. I would maybe lean towards ship excursions more. At least they wait for you when you're if you're late on a shipboard excursion. But I think it depends where you are, really. What you just said is the prime reason that I would <laughs> ever book with a that I book with the cruise line itself. Because I don't know about you, Emma, but I, I I've been known to have a couple of drinks here and there while I'm in port, and uh, I kind of have. I've been one of those peer runners probably like four or five times, and I'm not, you know, it happens. It, it is what it is. But uh, the reason why I would always book with a with with the cruise line itself is because of that, because there's a guarantee there. Um, not necessarily that I always have, but I, that's pretty much the reason. Because you see all the time, you'll see uh, beach day. You know what I mean? Beach day, and you get one rum runner and maybe a half a sandwich. And they charge you 50 bucks when really all you need to do is get a $5 cab to the same beach. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's different in Europe because, I mean, I'd, I'd normally get on, like, public transport and go somewhere and plan my own thing. But Yeah. It's just funny how they package it. Rum punch, yeah. sandwich, and beach experience. What are you? So what are you telling me? I'm going to the beach, right? That's it. I'm going to the beach. I can t- tell the cab driver, you know. All right. So speaking of saving money, because that's a big point, especially with people in their early 20s, mid-20s, that, you know, they're just getting going. And, and I don't know too many people who ha- don't have the silver spoon in their mouth that do have a bunch of disposable income at that age. So – you do. You look at everything. You look at uh, price for this, price for that. How can I get on this cruise and what could I do best bang for your buck? Now, what do you say to people and what advice would you give to those people who at that age and maybe pinching pennies seem like they need a window or they need a balcony? What would you say to them? 
Oh, you don't. You really don't. I I don't know who thinks they need a balcony. There's so many places outside to sit on the ship. There's a lovely like promenade deck. You can sit up the top. Like you're not stuck inside. I only go in my cabin to have a shower and sleep. And you have the best sleep ever if you're in an inside cabin because there's no there's no light. I I just love it. And the price difference can be quite a lot between a balcony and an inside. And for me, I'd prefer to spend that on like a drinks package or my next cruise. I 100% agree with you. I And again, I'm not necessarily in, I'm not I'm not little rolling around in, in money, but I'm saying I'm not necessarily pinching pennies right now. Uh, yeah. Certainly not like I was in my 20s, but at the same time, I always do that. I look and I book immediately and right or wrong, I book an inside stateroom because why? Like you just said, I am absolutely fine with staying in a room this is your quarters this is where you go to sleep get ready shower you know you need a little break fine but i'm not sitting in you know if i have a porthole i'm not sitting there up against the window with my face pressed against the freaking glass just trying to catch the waves no if i want to get an experience i'm going out i'm going to do this i'm going to do that second of all you know they say book early or whatever but i like a balcony a only if the price is right you know what i'm saying if like a lot of times you'll book the inside cabin you can always upgrade if you see okay the ship the ship and the sailing isn't selling like they thought it would you can kind of upgrade because you'll get a good deal but if it doesn't and it's a packed ship oh well you got to spend more time outside your cabin so i'm in a total agreement with you on that i do not need a balcony and anything that'll get me to get out of the room uh, i i would appreciate even more you know what i'm saying yeah, I don't know who, who thinks they're spending all their time in their cabin. There's so much going on. Oh, I can't imagine someone sitting there looking out their window. Oh, it's true. It's true, too, and what you said before about the uh, shutting down and kind of, like, blacking it out. There's no light that gets in there. It's very, very you – get, you get some really good rest. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I open my eyes and wonder where the hell I am for that first second a couple of times, but uh, it no, is really, really nice. Daytime, nighttime, anything, but you have such a good sleep. I love it. Yeah. The only thing yeah. waking me up is that guy who wants to clean the room. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst part. That's all right. Exactly. They we are like their worst enemy. They're trying to come twice a day. They can see this. In the beginning of the, the cruise, they're all smiles and, hey, how are you? You know, everything's so pleasant. They couldn't be nicer. By day four, they want us dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, give me that one. I mean, there may be a few. I think we all have a few, but at least one on every cruise. Or it's like a scenario, uh, whether you're in port, whether you're at sea, wherever you are, where you're like, all right, you know what? This is why I cruise. Everything is perfect. I'm looking around, whether it's the uh, the city that you're in, whether it's you know something. To, give me one of your, a couple of your moments, or one is fine, whatever, where you were cruising and you were like, this is why I cruise right here right now this is exactly where i'm supposed to be um i think one would be the sail out of miami that was so gorgeous i was just sitting there on the deck i had a mango meltdown which is oh it's so nice it's like a, a slushy um just watching all the jet skiers go up and down and it was warm and it was so nice i uh, love Miami. i thousand, so thousand percent agree with you you um I said it on the last my last uh, last episode. I I went down there once and I didn't have a cruise booked. And that park you you know where the jetties are and you're sailing out of Miami. And first of all, it's awesome because there's like six ships usually lined up. There's like you know a bunch of ships. It's like a little navy of ships that are going out to sea. And whenever it's your turn, and then you head out there. And on your left, when you're sailing out. There's this beautiful park, and it's like a very very extended long park. It goes into the jetties. And then it goes into a pier that you can kind of walk all the way out on. 
when you come off the ship, or you know, if you're in Miami a day early, I definitely suggest going to that park. So you get both sides, but uh, cruising out of Miami and 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 coming out and then seeing the very very beginning of South Beach, it, yeah. it, I agree with you. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And for me, I was, I was so far from home, and like it, it was just so exciting. It was so warm. The sun was shining. It was yeah. brilliant. I loved it. It was great. My favorite part of the day is when, because I get the, uh, you know how, like you said, you don't have to adhere to the structured dining anymore where you're sitting with a group of people who you may or may not know or may or may not like. And, uh, you know, you get you do the anytime dining. So I and, and the people that I cruise with, I suggest, like, let's hang out here. After 6 p.m., is this is the place where you want to be. After part of the ship, you get the full kind of like, I don't know. 260-degree view. You don't get the whole view, but you get to look around the hole. You get a beautiful view of the, the horizon. Uh, you get the pool and the bar to yourself. Everybody's kind of leaving and getting ready for dinner, and you're getting it at this time when the, uh, the sky is changing color at the right time. It just, to me, that's what I'm always looking for, just being at sea and being out there and kind of just like experiencing that with people you love, people you care about. You got that right couple of drinks in you, and you're at the pool, and just everything is right with the world. So good. Yeah. Can we talk about the Norwegian spirit? You have an incredible cruise resume, as we talked about before. You've seen many ships. You've you've actually seen the getaway, the Norwegian getaway, which is among the most advanced ships at sea. What is it about the spirit that makes it your favorite ship? So you said there about the getaway. That was the one I did out of Miami last year. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. But no, nothing's going to top the spirit for me. It's such a gorgeous ship. It has like a huge atrium in the middle with big glass elevators that go up and down it's got a nice pub which is important for me it's just it's such a spacious ship i think it's it's a bit it's a bit older i think it's 98 so that's an old ship yeah by by just by comparison to most most of what's out there at sea yeah it's nearly as old as me (laughs) (laughs) but i think with the newer ones there's so many exciting things but they're all squished in aren't they so there's something everywhere but that ship's got so much room like it's just an elegant ship i really love it yeah what i what i say about those older ships and i'm not and i and i'm gonna say i prefer the newer ships but but i will you know kind of like check that box and say that is one of the negatives of it is though it, yeah. it, it does seem it is nice to go on older ships and the reason i could say the thing the best thing i could say about older ships is simply this is that it's, they were built during a time where the industry wasn't as advanced as it is right now, and they did not have a full understanding about how to make money in every square foot of the ship. You know what I mean? There's there's just so much space, which on some of the newer ships, there's something in every single corner, isn't there? So Exactly. As the industry goes and profit margin concerns take it and somebody in a room somewhere, you know, you know, we can make uh, X amount more dollars if we cut these three inches off of this cabin, if we narrow the hallways by this much, if we take this space and create it into this more, it's going to be more efficient for flow, for traffic, and this will equate to this many more dollars. Before they were thinking about all that stuff, there was just a little bit of a, uh, of a just a, a focus on the experience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think you don't really get the atriums, which are so huge anymore. That was such a nice atrium, like, I went at Christmas on that ship, and they had a huge Christmas tree and, like, a piano. It was just gorgeous. All right, so let's talk about this. We're going to butt heads a little bit right here. You talk about, in your website, you say uh, your ports of call that you would never visit again or you would prefer not to visit again. And uh, I'm actually – I'm booked on the uh, Norwegian Escape 
and that's in September. And uh, I'm set to go to Honduras on that, so I want to thank you for getting me all pumped up about all the crime and murder I'll be experiencing when I'm there. But uh, Cozumel, you didn't like Cozumel at all, did you? No, I'm sorry. Everyone argues with me about this one, but I just really didn't. I think because I didn't, I didn't plan an excursion ahead of time, and if you don't, I think it's a place that's there. It feels like it's just there to make money. I don't know if that's really mean, but you have to pay to do anything there. I like to get off and wander around the city and do a tour, and maybe I'm just too used to doing cruises in Europe. I'm not sure, but if you haven't got anything planned, I just got back on. Well, you, what you said is probably correct. I mean, it probably is. It's you know off the coast a little bit. It's not on the Yucatan Peninsula. It's not actually on the mainland. So yeah, it is. I'm pretty. I think it's pretty safe to say that tourism is the main thing that goes on there. So it probably was in a lot of ways. What you just said is right as far as looking to make money. But did you? What did you do? You just kind of like walked around and like didn't really nothing really jumped out at you, huh? Yeah, I just had a look at some shops and things. But I think I did. I never planned to go. It wasn't. I just ended, found myself in Miami and thought it's almost cheaper to go on a cruise than to stay in Miami. So I thought I might as well cross Mexico off my list, but I don't feel like I visited Mexico from this port, really. Wait, is that true? Is that You're telling me you were on a vacation in Miami and then you just doubled down and booked a cruise on a, on a land vacation? Yeah. Spontaneously? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like looking at hotels in Miami and factoring in food and then things to do in the evenings, like... I might as well be on a cruise. Uh, you just became my idol. Thanks. Um, so, so what I'll say about Cozumel is this, I, and I agree with what you said in your uh, in your in your blog when you said they are uh, forever harassing you to buy things from them. That is absolutely. I mean, did you get? Did they try to get you? Did, did they try to get you to uh, buy drugs from them? Why I got like, come here, pretty lady. I was like, no, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at confrontation. Like yeah. Americans oh. talk to each other all the time anyway, but in England, no one talks to me if I go outside. So for me, I was just like, oh, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, to all you street vendors and uh, you know entrepreneurs down in Cozumel, saying "come here, pretty lady" is probably not the best line. You should probably work on that a little bit. But it was funny for me. I just kept uh, experiencing it too because I would. Uh, be walking around that out of that whatever it was it was like a little two level like outdoor mall or whatever it was where they had the uh, senior frogs and everything like that and i'm just walking around a little bit and i'm walking sir sir come on come on in come on in i got t-shirts and then i was at and i got closer to them they would say cocaine marijuana this that (laughs) i was like like, you like this you like this and i was like no i don't i don't like it one guy said to me t-shirt T-shirt for your wife, sir? I go, no, thank you. No, thank you. He goes, T-shirt for your neighbor's wife? (laughs) That doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) So they got all their lines down. It's pretty funny. This is what I'll say about Cozumel. Just get a scooter. Get a scooter. And then you make a right. Like go – if you're coming off the cruise ship, you make a right. So you get the scooter and then you're going wherever – I don't know how to explain it, direction north, south, east, west. But if you were coming back off the cruise ship, you make a right. Um, Well, first go left because there's cool things to look at. There's cool scenery. There's an airport that you eventually get to. There's some cool monuments. There's like a little bit of a – a replicated version in a fork in the road of like some of the uh, the, the the tombs and the um, you know the ruins. So there's some cool stuff. And yes, you're probably right. It is kind of manufactured. Yeah. But, I mean the left. And if you go the opposite direction and head south, there's a slew of resorts. 
And it's Mr. Sancho's one. Because what happened was is my friends got off the ship early. We had a rough night the night before. And my friends were like, you know, we're going to go to Mr. Sancho's resort. They got the, uh, you know, all-inclusive, whatever it is. I think, it, And that's a great deal. If you can, you know, it is 90 bucks or like 70 bucks or whatever it was. I forgot what it exactly was. But it's all day, all you can drink, all you can eat. Infinity pools, swim-up bars and stuff like that. You get the beach, everything. All, all you could possibly want right there for you. But if you don't want to experience any of the uh, – you can also do pay-as-you-go because my friends went early. So I got off the ship later, walked off the ship myself, did a little walk around. I figured, forget it. Who cares? I'll just get a uh, moped. So I got on the moped and started scooting around. And I figured out, all right, so where is Mr. Sancho's if I wanted to go there? It was a little bit of a hike. It was probably like, I don't know, eight, nine, eight, nine miles on the uh, moped, which was kind of funny. It was a little bit of a ride. But then I eventually got there and I met up with them. And that's it. I was able to hang out there all day. I was, If I wanted to buy a drink, I could. If I wanted to uh, hang out there just on the beach and, and relax, I could. And I, could, I was able to do that all for just around the cost of a moped, which is probably about you – know, I think it was under, definitely under 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, so that might be an option. But and, and what you're saying is right too because if you aren't looking to throw some money around, I agree with you that – it can be tough, especially if you visited these ports once. Once is one thing. You can walk around, sightsee mm-hmm. and everything. But, I mean, let's just take Grand Turk, for example, or, uh, you know, a place like that. If you, you, You've you seen it all one time. You know, after a while, you do have to start picking up excursions and kind of doing some things that are sanctioned by the, either the cruise company or an excursion group. And if you want to really get into the island and make it so that you're not just kind of, all right, getting off the ship and walking around and then getting back on the ship. But... What, yeah, what I'm going to do next time, and this will be the first time for me. I've been to Cozumel three times. I haven't left the island. I am definitely going to go to the mainland this time. I'm going to go uh, do some okay. ruins. So they have like this uh, kayaking in an in a underground river that you could do, something like that. So I'm going to look into that. I'm definitely going to go to the mainland next time. But I, I agree with what you're saying. If you're, not, if you're not looking to spend money, it could be a little monotonous, a little boring. But I think there is a lot. And they also say that Cozumel is a world-class place for diving, if you're into that at all. You snorkel at all or dive at all? Um, I haven't. It's just the money thing. Like, yeah. I didn't plan on spending any money on excursions. And the ship was too tempting. I had, like, the unlimited drinks package and all the food. Yeah. I, just, I think I just went for a swim. And, like, it was nice having not everyone on the ship. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't ever want to be mean about ports, but I had to pick the worst ones for me. It was just one. Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. There's probably a bunch we can, you know, I'll let you know how uh, Honduras was if I got mugged or anything at Honduras. But what, uh, what, what, I, what I also would say is, like, if you haven't ever been snorkeling, too, like, there's a lot of, you know, if you just buy snorkels on land, Sports Authority, where I don't even know what, what they have in the UK, some of the sporting goods stores. But if you just get a, uh, if you just get your own mask and, and uh, what, is it, what is it, snorkel. You can uh, bring it on board, and there's plenty of ports that where you can just kind of like swim out and do your own thing. You don't necessarily have to do that. You just a little again. Everything takes a little research on your own. But you know, type in where you're going, and then type in you know you know what beaches have the best snorkeling because they have that a lot in St. Thomas and the Virgin Islands. Like you know, I'm always thinking that you have to get in a boat. You know, purchase an eighty dollar excursion. Have the guy take you out there. You know, get all eighteen of you jump off the ship and go to the reef. It's not always like that. If you just have the mask and the snorkel, a lot of times you could do it right off the right off the coast. And I, they think they say Cozumel is a great place for that as well. Yeah, I think um, sometimes the cruise lines make you think that the only way you can do anything is if you do it with them. Without a lot of research, I kind of just went, okay, I'll just not. <laughs> 
Oh no, definitely. But you know, as you'll see, you know, you'll 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 come up and you'll see you'll start you'll start doing more and more each time you get away because everything is like you know you do it and then like you did that already. Now I got to do something else, and you'll be in a find different you know different financial situation. You'll be able to down the road, and it'll all kind of fall fall in line. I wanted to ask you: Do you have any crazy or wacky uh, cruise stories? Anything that like where things kind of get out of control at any point? Um, so when I used to cruise when I was a child, I went with my grand once, and she was quite old, like late seventies maybe, and she had a like a, a crutch, like a walking stick. Okay. She, she managed to throw it over the edge of the balcony somehow. What? I know they're quite high, aren't they? What's she doing? <laughs> <laughs> was she, did she have a few a uh, few whiskeys or what? I have no idea, probably. But like the. What? The balcony isn't—it's quite a feat to throw something off there. Well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we were in port, so my uncle had to go and get it. It just landed on the floor. But wait, hold on—I'm not picturing this correctly. Where it, it was—you were on your your room's balcony. Yeah, we were docked somewhere, and she was luckily by the. Okay, you were docked. It wasn't at sea. No, it wasn't at sea, but she managed to throw it off, which I think is quite impressive. Oh, she could have taken out one of the natives with that thing. Yeah, I don't know what she was doing. <laughs> <laughs> just off and think about it. You know, it's interesting because you would say that you're like, how could that possibly happen? But then at the same time, all these people who are like end up falling off the ship and being man, you know, man overboard, like you say the same thing. So maybe it's not as uh, difficult to happen as uh, or crazy to happen as anything. People falling off the ship. You got people throwing crutches off the ship. You never know. You got, these things are crazy. People falling off the ship, but like, if it was actually dangerous, children would fall off. But no children have ever fallen off. It's just drunks yeah that's a good point it never had well did you see that video where uh it kind of released and went viral of the teenager who who these these teenagers on these ships man they they meet each other and you know they they start taking over the ship they're almost like little mini pirates (laughs) but the the kid was obviously trying to impress uh, a group of kids he messed probably a couple you know teenage girls in there too and he he jumped off the side of the ship and he did some pull-ups off the railing while they were literally at sea in the middle of the ocean. Did you see that at all? No. I didn't see that. That's crazy. Yeah, I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you the uh, YouTube video. It definitely went viral. It won't be easy. It won't be hard to find it all. But this kid was doing pull-ups, and then he pulled himself back in the ship, and it was like, holy cow! There was a huge controversy about it. But I don't know. I get scared when that stuff happens because I'm always wondering. The more the more people that fall off these ships, the more the regulations will be. The more like they tell me I can't have more than 15 drinks. The more I feel like they ruin it for everybody if they keep that stuff up. You know. Yeah, you don't want them to put like a giant bubble on top of the ship so no one can fall off. Exactly, exactly. I was on on one once when a man fell off. Oh, you were? Yeah. Get out of here. Um, they never found him. No, they. Very, I, I think they usually don't, especially if you do it at night, right? Yeah, we mi- we missed some stops. It was on a Bahamas cruise. Um, yeah, we had to just circle around for a while and then. And they didn't find him. No, I think he had an argument with his wife what they decided but what's crazy is that you hear a lot of things about like that i think i think the situation is that happens more often than you think i think and a lot of times that they are for whatever reason and and i guess you can kind of judge this if you want to or not but they work the legal system to whatever jurisdiction they're they're dealing whether it's maritime law whether it's you know the the, whether what 
country the ship is flagged out of and they work that system to where they don't have to give a lot of information and you know because all that stuff like we just talked about it kind of gives bad publicity and stuff like that usually they say the way people they find people are missing is that they don't know right away they just you know nobody's been you know nobody's been heard of i i sat in on a captain's chat on the oasis of the season the last cruise i went on and they said there's just a, a a following of procedure they'll they'll look around Somebody won't be heard from for a while. They'll make a bunch of announcements. They'll continue to make announcements. They'll, you know, tell everybody to go to their staterooms, and then they'll do a count of who's on the ship. And then after a while, they'll realize this <laughs> this person's long gone. And unfortunately, that you know, there's there's really nothing they could do. I mean, they'll do they'll send a search, but it's it's. I mean, when you think about the vastness of that ocean, man, forget it. Wow. I put some um, last year. I looked at the stats for how many people jump off ships. It's on my website. I'm just looking at it now. Um, really? Yeah, Carnival has had 57 since 2000, which I don't think is that bad, but they're in the lead. <laughs> and then Royal Caribbean's had 40, so it's not that bad. It's maybe like one or two a year. <laughs> you think it's a coincidence that there's more on Carnival? If people are like, get me out of here? Yeah, that's true. Disney's the lowest, surprisingly. Why also, Disney is like... I mean, serious with that. As much as they're all about fun and everything, they are serious about their uh, infrastructure. You know, Disney World, they have these, like, the Disney SWAT teams, Disney police. They have, like, a whole underground system to where, like, you know, nothing to see here. They'll cover anything up. They are not getting in the way from, uh, you know, your fun with Mickey and Donald Duck. They're making sure that they, uh, they, they erase any problems very, very quickly. Yeah, I've never been on Disney, but... <laughs> no, me neither. They're expensive. Um, speaking of a little more expensive, I wanted to ask you about a couple of, uh, I guess, cruise lines that are more, I guess, associated with Europe. Uh, Cunard. Cunard intimidates the crap out of me, I have to be honest with you. It, it just seems, to me, again, a New York guy, Queens, kind of like, you know, more casual. When I go on vacation, I'm not looking to necessarily, like you just said, the Titanic, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't roll like that. Um, it just seems so formal. Uh, it's named after Queens, uh, you know, with the tea and the pubs and the fancy up, up, upscale decor. You know, I go on these carnival ships and it looks, looks, looks like Vegas. You look at these other ships like P&O and, and Cunard, it just seems so, uh, uh, fancy and upscale. Should I be as scared as I am to go on Cunard or Piano, or is it is it as fancy and posh of an experience as it, I perceive it to be? Yeah, you shouldn't be scared, but I'm a little scared. I went on a Cunard cruise last year, and I only went because my parents wanted to take me, and so I'm not going to turn down a free cruise. Um, there weren't very many Americans on there, and there were about I could I could tell who they were. They were very much louder than everyone else. Everyone was very. <laughs> I made friends with a couple of them, got a few on Facebook still. But everyone was very, uh, some of the Cunarders are very hardcore. And like the dress code, it applies all around the ship after six. So you can't, you can't go to the bar and get a drink if you are not in a, in a ball gown, pretty much. Like it was hard, it was hardcore. It was exhausting by the end because I just wanted to go out in a pair of jeans. Yeah. The informal nights are more formal. You sound, you're sounding like an American at heart, Emma. Well, maybe I am. I don't know, but I'd prefer to be on NCL or yeah, Caribbean that kind of thing. Speaking of what you just said, like about the you know you saw the Americans they were loud. Listen, I, I I'm from New York City and I run bars in New York City. You know how many British and uh, Irish and Scottish pubs we have. You you uh you, <laughs> you, you Europeans can can make some noise yourselves there. Don't 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 sell yourself oh, short over there. I was when I came to do the I did a Caribbean cruise last year, 
And in the theatre, they'd say, oh, are there any Americans? And it would be like, woo, yeah. like really loud. And the English would be like, yay. Like a <laughs> tiny little clap at the back. Like there were other English people on the ship, but we'd never know because they were so silent compared to all of the Americans. No yeah. offence. <laughs> that's because there wasn't a uh, quote-unquote football game on the TV screen at that time. <laughs> some of my best buddies and some of the craziest people I know are all across from uh, England and Ireland, and some of the they make some of the best bartenders too. I gotta I gotta admit. Oh, everyone likes to talk to us. I guess whenever I'm in America, everyone stops me and from having breakfast. They like to ask me questions and things. So yeah, <laughs> fun. But yeah, on Cunard, the the informal nights were still more formal than I've ever been in my entire life. So the answer is yes, I should be intimidated to go on uh, Cunard. Yeah, you have to be prepared and you have to bring a lot of stuff. Because on the formal nights, you can't take off your bow tie and you can't take off your jacket, like, oh, at geez. all. No way. You know how many trips to Marshalls I'm going to have to make and TJ Maxx and buy these uh, these these, yeah. these suit jackets? Jeez. All right, well. Night, you can take off your bow tie, but that's about it. Oh, good. That's very nice. Very nice of them. Um, I so seriously. I would what? not I would not cross a Cunard no no it doesn't seem like that let's go watch a couple youtube videos and it just seems like i said like you just like you just painted the picture and that's just see it seems what it likes it sounds like the perception that i had was correct i mean it was fun i don't want to slag them off but it was just tiring by the end i didn't want to put on heels and a dress anymore i just wanted to wear my jeans i used to do that too even on the regular cruises in uh you know, I was I was all pumped up cru- for cruising when I first started. I wanted to follow the rules. I was all like, I would bring two, three suits, make sure I hit up all the captain's dinners and was dressed. It. And it, and I did like it, but I got to be honest with you. After like my tenth cruise or so, I was just like, you know, forget all this. I'm kind of like, you know, let's just let's just keep it loose, especially in the direction like we talked about, the direction the cruise lines are going. They they're kind of like, you know, me. It seems like that was more of the demand. People didn't necessarily want to have to get so formal on yeah. our, on these cruise lines, and they they made it more casual and they made more casual options. They still do have the captain's dinner, and even if you do, like even if uh, like just say on a Royal Caribbean or a Norwegian uh, cruise ship, you go to the, the captain's night, the formal night, you show up in uh you know jeans and a t-shirt, they're not going to throw you out of the dining room. They, I mean, I don't think that's cool. I mean, I, I perf- I'll just say if I if I plan on going to formal night in the main dining room i think you should i think i should have to dress up and if i don't want to dress up i just choose another option that night whether it's the buffet whether it's one of the uh, other restaurants or something like that i would just sit it out but i don't like the people that just show up to the main dining room on formal night in their bathing suits i don't agree with that either no i mean on cunard i had some really good room service like it's free room service on cunard which i think is great it was so nice when i couldn't be bothered to dress up and they do the best afternoon tea like it's maybe a very English thing, but those little sandwiches and the scones and the tea, it was brilliant. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very, very particular. Is it really that good? Because I'm very, very particular about my afternoon tea. It's very good afternoon tea. It's the best afternoon tea, and I've done a lot of afternoon tea. I'm just kidding. I'm a Dunkin' Donuts uh, large iced coffee guy. That's it, straight up. Before we let you go, uh, I wanted to throw at you a couple of rapid fire questions. You know, if you could ideally you'll answer these in with just like a quick answer. If you have to expand just a little bit, that's fine. But like a little quick little hit, you just tell me, you know, the first thing that comes to mind. So let's talk. Cruise goals. Which ship do you want to sail on that you have not yet sailed on? Uh, one of the new MSC ones, MSC Meraviglia. I don't know how to say that for that one. Meraviglia. That's, I, that, that's a. Per- I, I covered the first of all the seaside. I'm obsessed with I, when that thing comes out. I want to be all over that seaside. The, the Meraviglia and the seaside. They're both. Uh, they're both commissioned for North America, I believe. Right. 
I'm on the Meraviglia at Christmas in uh, Mediterranean. This, really? This Christmas, yeah. I thought that they was. I, I'll check on that. I thought that the Mer- Meraviglia was. I mean, it could be. You're right that it's staying okay. there, or it could just be like the beginning couple that they're they're doing there. But I thought they were bringing it over. But the seaside is that like a sister ship? I'm not sure. But the seaside yeah, looks incredible. I'm excited. I think MSC are really upping their game. I've been on them before, but it was it was quite formal. Was sit down dinner, like a lot of courses. But I think they're doing like more freestyle dining and things now, so it'd be cool. They are clearly making. They're trying to make a move. They obviously have the Mediterranean kind of like as, as as their main thing, but then they moved over to South America and kind of took over South America, and they have their sites set up here in North America as well. And they clearly shows that you know on the seaside with all the things that they're doing, they're making it more of an outside experience, connecting you with the sea a little bit more. They even have an out, outdoor gym on the uh, seaside, I know. Yeah, like they've got so many like new technology things coming in, haven't they? Yeah, going to try them. That'll be cool. Definitely. All right, next question. Which port of call do you most want to visit that you have not yet? Uh, I really want to do like a Norwegian fjords cruise. I've never done that part. They look so pretty, but I think I would probably need a balcony for that one because I think it's a lot of sailing in and sailing out over a lot of hours. Wait, wait, what? I'm sorry, what what cruise? uh, A Norwegian fjords, like up Norway, where it's all Oh, okay, okay. Glacier kind of thing. I got you. Okay, so like almost like our version of like an Alaska cruise. Hmm. Okay. It's so close to me, and I, like the port is about maybe a couple of hours from me, so I could do it so easily. But I just think I need a balcony, so I need to maybe save up. <laughs> yeah, that's an example of a cruise you may want a balcony for, or who knows? You can. I don't know. I like I like not being on the balcony too, because you know you're on the balcony, you get that one side of the ship view. If you. Uh, um. All right, so let's go. Let's move on here. The the we're getting to the important stuff now. Okay. Uh, one drink for the rest of your life on cruise ships. You can only have one drink. This is the drink you have to order on every single cruise. What would it be? This is my life it's commitment. Um, I think it's going to be a raspberry mojito. A raspberry mojito. Yes. They that do that in NCL. They have like a mojito bar, and they're so good. It's okay. so nice. I can't. I can't even say how nice they are. They're amazing. <laughs> well, congratulations because you've just signed up for uh, a bunch of strong hangovers off of that. <laughs> and they don't even taste alcoholic in the slightest, so you just you just keep. They're so good. <laughs> yeah. So do you do you do you normally do the drink package or do you not? I did with NCL just because it was part of the promotion. Yeah, the free at sea. You could pick one of uh, five, and that's clearly the highest value. You have to get the the free the drinks, right? Yeah, there was no question. Get the drinks. Um, I don't normally buy a package because I don't really drink enough. I don't think. I think they're normally priced quite high, but because I mostly cruise with NCO, and I think their packages a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten to that point now. I mean, honestly, if you're a drinker. It's just it, uh, NCL is the obvious choice. They do free at sea. They started it off at uh, just some of the sailings, and then they started off doing it like free at sea if you get anything above a, w- a window and above cabin. And now it just seems like, I don't know their system or what, or what, what uh, criteria they use, but it seems like any ship, you, any cruise, any sailing you look up, it's these, they have the free at sea options. Pretty much. If you don't get that, you've, you've booked something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but you might, you might as well. I think on um. It's on the Norwegian Sky now. The whole ship is free drinks. Exactly. If you're sailing on the Norwegian Sky at any time, you're getting free drinks the whole time. <laughs> Can you imagine how drunk that ship is? Yeah, I can't. I I don't. Where is? I don't know where the Norwegian Sky is, but. <laughs> I have I have a credit for it. I work in the hospitality industry, and right outside my restaurant, there is a guy who just 
it, what it is is from Wyndham Resorts, and you can go on timeshare tours. I'm sure you've heard of that, where you you know you get something free, but you have to take a two-hour tour of some resort uh, grounds where they try to sell you a timeshare. Have you ever seen those? Yeah. They're very, they're very very popular around here. So I did yeah. that, and for like a hundred bucks and the and and two hours of my time to look at a timeshare, and they almost got me on the timeshare. I almost bought the timeshare, but <laughs> I got a uh, three or four night complimentary sailing on the the Norwegian sky and uh, I'd have to book it so I'm booked on the escape like I said but before that I'm going to sneak in a Norwegian sky trip and it's out of Miami and it used to be out of uh, it used to just go straight straight to the Bahamas but ever since the Cuba thing lifted a little bit they actually they actually send that to Cuba now too but the the Cuba ones I'm not eligible of course they're not going to give you the Cuba ones for the for the compliment good though well done no, I'll take it. I'll take it definitely. I think it's like the only one of the only cruise ships in Norwegian that's older than the uh, your fa- your favorite one. What is it? What was it? The Spirit. Yeah. Spirit. Yeah. yeah. The Sky is a really nice one though. Smaller, but really nice. Imagine being a you have bartenders on that cruise line. But that ship must be busy though. All right. So uh, sea days or port days? Which do you prefer? Uh, port days. A couple of sea days is fine, but I like to go for it little walk i guess stretch the legs out get off the ship a little bit that makes sense are you more of a beach day person or an adventure activities day person i think i'm an adventure day like i like sea days and yeah like same with me like i, I get bored on the beach yeah there's only so long you can sit on the beach i think exactly all right so this one next one is a true or false did you or did you not really eat ocean's wings at sea six times in one sailing Six times in a week, so that's pretty impressive. But yeah, I did. A hundred percent. Tell so me, but tell me about these wings. How good are these wings that you got to eat them six <laughs> times in what in one week? I don't even know if they're that great, but we don't really eat wings here. So for me, when I'm on holiday, I've got to get my yearly sash of wings in. <laughs> <laughs> they're so nice, and they come like instantly. If I'm just walking past between lunch and dinner, I'll be like, I'll have some wings. Okay. All right. So. They're really the only kind of like so. So wings aren't a big thing in the UK. You're saying? No, not really. I don't think I've ever had them in. No. <laughs> and when you come to the states, have you ever had like? Uh, do Do you try different? You seem to you seem to love them because I I could probably say that. Um, I could I don't know. I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure the wings are fine on on NCLs. Uh, uh, you know. But I'm sure if you expose yourself to. Some of the other places, you know, in Florida, you could probably really get some good wings. Have you tried any other wings? I think I've been eating the wings since I was a child. So to me, that's what it tastes like. So anything else just tastes not the same. But I could I could do like a wing tour of America, I guess. Okay. No, that's probably – you should probably look into that, you know. There's definitely some really, really good wings in Florida, all the – you know, local bars and gastro pubs and stuff like that. If you're, uh, wait, have you ever had a Hooters wing? No, I've never had one, but I know, I know what that is. <laughs> I wouldn't consider them the best, but they're real good. You know, the Hooters wings are solid. Looks like fun. Yeah. All right. So, last and most important question: Beatles or the Rolling Stones? A hundred percent Beatles. That's not even a question. Really? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think they're both a bit before my time, but I don't get the Beatles. I'm gonna be honest with you. I get, I almost get shot every time I say it. It doesn't even matter. Like um, American, a, American. It's an opinion. That's a walk, strong opinion. Yeah, walking around here like she loves me. Uh, yeah, 
they have so many songs. I know they have they have a lot of songs. I saw them on well, not them, but I saw a, a tribute to them on one of the NCL ships recently, which was very good. I'm not sure the accents were great, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, they, they, that's what I said on one of the shows, too. Like, I, I, you see that, and it's like, they try to, like, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles, and it's four Filipino guys, you know, with guitars. <laughs> like, it wasn't that, but still, yeah. It's a little bit of a tough sell. I don't know. I, I, it's not that I hate the Beatles, and I'm probably losing half of my listeners, as I say. I don't <laughs> like the Beatles, but, you know, it's so polarizing. I can't, But I love the Rolling Stones. Uh, I'll let you have your opinion. But <laughs> 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 well, uh, Emma, if you want to get, wrap this up and give uh, – you know, give the audience a, another reminder of where everybody can find you, Instagram, the web, Twitter, and everything. Yeah, so everyone head over to cruisingisn'tjustforoldpeople.co.uk because it isn't just for old people, and I'm, I'm trying to tell everyone one person at a time. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's Emma underscore cruises. Perfect, perfect. Well, I thought this went very, very well. I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. Emma and I just started communicating about this, you know, possibility a few days ago. It took a little convincing on her part to uh, come on the show. She was a little hesitant, but I have to say, and I'm sure the audience would agree, she did an absolutely fantastic job, and I really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I'm glad I did. All right. Once again, thank you. Big shout out to Emma. Appreciate you coming by the show. We're definitely got to do that again. Uh, we'll come up with some other topics. Uh, you know, I think uh, Emma, Emma's been around. Emma's been all over the map as far as, you know, ports of call, different ships, different cruise lines. So it was cool to get her perspective. Again, check out her blog website, uh, which is uh, cruisingisn'tjustforoldpeople.co.uk, as well as check her out on Instagram, Emma Cruises. And uh, it, was good. it was a lot of fun having her on. Anyway, that's it for the show this weekend. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Take care. There's a place where the boat is from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean. But you got to get away to where the boat is from. Take one part sand one part sea. And one part set of a nine on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away. Where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves. You tell me. Good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it Where we are going Get away To where the boat leaves from It takes away All of your big problems You could worries You could drop them In the blue ocean But you gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up